Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. If you are a fan of music or sound, this episode is going to be a treat for you because I have with me my friend Geraldine Glass, who began her career on Broadway and sang as an opera singer and a classical singer on opera houses and concert halls all across the world before several years ago really discovering her love of sound healing and the crystal alchemy singing bowls which she now performs and teaches so Geraldine and I talk all about her adventures in sound how she has experienced her journey in sound and the sacred science of sound online summit and events that she has pioneered over the last few years and at the end she concludes the show with a beautiful performance of her at the bowls so you'll enjoy this one and as usual if you're able to subscribe rate or review on apple podcasts that supports everything we do here with the show enjoy Geraldine, welcome to Impact the World. It is fantastic to have you here. We have talked about having this conversation for almost a year, so I'm really glad that we get to have you on the show and get to experience you and your work. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lee, for the invitation. I too have been very much looking forward to sitting in conversation with you and sharing. So thank you for inviting me. Yeah, well we we got connected a few years ago by our mutual friend Tanya Mallott who um who said oh you two should meet and i remember at the time that we met it was about 3 years ago and you were fairly early in in your expansion as a as a sound healer with after a long career in music and to watch you over the last 3 years and see what you've done and then to be involved in the sacred science of sound which is the online summit and live events that you have set up has just been fantastic to witness and i know that we're with you today in your brand new um crystal bowl studio um which we see behind you and later you're going to play for us so witnessing your expansion the last few years has been fantastic you know lee having you be a part of the journey has also been such a joy and yes dear tanya who is an incredible photographer and took both of our pictures is um she's a connector she and is. uh It's been great knowing you and having you be a part of the Sacred Science of Sound as it developed from the first online series in 2018 and then to the live event and then to this profound online series in 2020 and um surprises ahead for 2021. So yeah, I never imagined that I would be where I am. And that's the beauty of life, I think, is when you really accept and allow things that happen in your life to be integrated and move and go in a flow that that there are so many beautiful and unlimited possibilities. Well, I love I love hearing you say that because you know I I I know the elements of your life journey that have led you to now, but perhaps before we get to what brought you here in the last 5 or 5 or so years, 
Can we go back to how music and sound began in your life? Because you had a very long and very um, acclaimed career in opera, on Broadway, before you went into the, the spiritual side of music, even though, of course, arguably all music is spiritual. But I'm, I'm curious, like, what did music mean to you as a child and how did it first find you in your life? I mean, Lee, it, I don't talk about it so often, but I really remember being four years old and holding on to a, a, a post on our driveway and just spinning around and singing and feeling this deep connection to however you want to name it, uh, God, the cosmos, the universe, uh, my, my deeper uh, essential spiritual self, whatever you want to name it, and feeling this real sense of being held and warmth and connection and hearing inside my head, wow, this is what you're going to do with your life. This is your path. Like, because it felt so good. It was more the the feeling of vibrating, of having that little, that little child's body vibrating and feeling whole. And, you know, who knew then how it was all going to unfold, but um, that was quite early on. And then when I was 11 years old, I, I sang a solo in the sixth grade in the intermediate school. And people said to my mom and my dad, well, what are you going to do? I mean, she's talented. And, you know, this was before the days of America's Got Talent and all the, right. the TV shows. And um, they took me to a neighbor who was an incredible voice teacher. She is 98 years old today and still singing. And if you heard her and experienced her, you would never believe that she's 98, almost, almost 100 years old. And so that began as a half an hour lesson once a week. And very quickly it changed to 45 minutes. And then it was two times 45 minutes. And music just became the path that I, that I really did indeed walk on. And um, it, it guided everything that I've, that I've done. So I, I guess, I, I don't know what else to say. You know, then I... Uh, Went to New York, I auditioned, I was very quickly taken in a national tour and then in a Broadway show. And so it was like, uh, I never had a question about what I was to do in my life. And my parents both always said to me, you know, follow your dreams, do what you love. And, and, and hopefully my dad said, you'll love what you do and be, be enthusiastic. And if you have this kind of infectious enthusiasm that, that your life will open in possibilities that your thinking mind might have said to you, no, 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 not you. And no, that's not possible. That wasn't really an option for me. I, I followed that inner voice that I heard as a child that day, twirling around on, on our driveway and just feeling that connection to something much bigger than myself that indeed was myself. I love that your dad was so, you know, in a way, like my, my sense is progressive around what was possible because I think, I, you know, I, I, I speak to friends and, and, and friends of mine who are older than me too about our parents' generations were often coming from a place of, you know, they just come out of the war and there was a lot going on. There was a lot of heaviness and there was a lot around safety and find a safe career. So it's not every parent that's capable of nurturing um, a dream. And sure, I mean, I'm, it's clear you had talent that they were recognizing, but I, I love that your dad was so encouraging of you to, 
to, to, to walk the road less traveled on a career level. You know, he, he grew up in Brooklyn and he lost his dad when he was quite young. And he entered NYU at age 16, you know, and he always was a very passionate about the things he loved. And when I became a professor later on in my career and I'd have parents that were doctors or lawyers that would say to me, gee, you know, my child is talented, but can't you also help guide them into a second option for their career? And it was like, I never had, I never had those thoughts. I didn't have a plan B, Lee. There wasn't a plan B. <laughs> No, and that's really powerful. I remember, you know, for me going into theatre as a child, you know, for me there was no option. But everyone, of course, is saying, "Well, could you also?" And my my theory was, you know, you you can you can always find a plan B if you're desperate, you know. But if you've got if you've got a dream or a goal, it's really important, especially if it feels a little out of the ordinary or uh, or something you might have to push for. I think it's really important to go for it while you can. But it sounds like you. You were very successful in your field very quickly, and and it it seems certainly reading your bio that you you worked a lot and consistently um, from an early age. I mean, my dad took me aside when I was little and and said to me, you know, I want you to write down what you think it takes to achieve what you want to do. You know, so at that point, it 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 you know it meant eventually moving to New York if I wanted to be on Broadway because we lived in California. And then he, he said to me, Gerilyn, you need to ask yourself the questions. Am I willing to do what it takes? Am I willing to work? I mean, that was, he was, he really respected, you know, hard work and focused work and loving what you did, what you did. And I think that, that passion, I see it now as my career has opened in this whole other way with using sound as healing, that there's such a love and a passion for what one does that it's, it's not really work, you know, it, it has a whole different, it, it has the energy of wholeness. And so you're not doing it out of filling an emptiness, you're doing it. And I remember, I remember one very well-known opera singer saying to me, you know, she got started later and saying to me, she did it because if she didn't do it, she would die. You know, mm. like there was this passion of you, 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 you have to do something. And it's, it's what, what wholeness is about for me. You know, it's not, I want to do that because I want to be famous and I want to have this kind of money or I want, it's not about the focus on the external things. It's for me, it's always been about the joy of what it means as a singer to vibrate, you know, to have sound resonate in my own body at the very cellular level and, you know, taking it Further, when I went into the opera world, I mean, that was it, Lee. As you, as you know, you are your own instrument. You're not mic'd and you're in huge auditoriums that are 3,000 seats plus, can be, and you're not mic'd. So what, what, what kind of presence do you have to develop in yourself to, to be that vibratory instrument? And, you know, what is the vibration that guides sound and music? It's love. I mean, you get me going now. No, no, it's perfect. It's why, it's why you're here. It's why you're here. Now, if we can just flash forward a little bit um, and talk about Dylan, your your son, who is and was and continues to be instrumental in the path that you are on now, would you mind sharing that with us? Because I know how I know how pivotal 
he has been in your life's journey and, and, and what it became and your, and your spiritual awakening. Yes, my dear, beloved, beloved boy that um, was born in Germany. I was living there as an opera singer. And um, so he grew up speaking eventually three languages, German, English, and Spanish. And, um, you know, he was just a part of everything. When I was uh, pregnant with him, I was singing a series of the Ninth Symphony of Beethoven. And um, I'll just never forget that when he was a little boy, um, I mean, a, a baby, and he'd be in the car and start crying, I would just put that symphony on and he would be quiet. Wow. You know, so I had this this firsthand experience of what music was doing also in vitro. And um, and so Dylan grew up in a very musical family. He traveled with me um, until it was time for him to start kindergarten at, at age six there in Germany. And so he got to travel all around Europe as I did different productions. And um, we were very, very, very close. And um, I mean, there's there's so much to say, Lee, but to, to um, he loved the bowls. He loved the crystal singing bowls. He was introduced to them uh, when he was eight and I had found them in the United States and brought a set back to Germany. And so when he was 12, just turning 13, he entered a, a singing contest in Germany. And um, a week before his, he made it to the semifinals and a week before his semifinal audition, he comes in the room and he goes, mom. Mom, 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 my voice, my voice is dropping. Oh. And at that point, I had never, as a professor, I had never accompanied a young, a young man through their voice change. And so he was the first one. And um, we worked with the bowls. And I had never done anything quite like that before. He had a favorite of the bowls that we had that was a little yellow citrine, a G note at the throat. And he worked with those, with the bowls. We Toned. I helped him to keep his voice open, and uh, he sang his his uh, program of 15 minutes. And he stood up with incredible confidence, and he said, "My name is Dylan, and since a week I am no longer a soprano." And everyone started laughing, and I watched my boy, you know, at such a vulnerable age, um, really stand in his personal power, and not just that, but also be able to have humor, you know, mm -hmm. not knowing once again, like when I go for that higher note, is it going to crack? Is it going to, is my voice going to function at all? And so fast forward from there, when he was 19, he, he passed away. And, um, on the night that he passed away, I went down, I was living in Los Angeles. I, I was back in the United States. Then I, I went down to the ocean near where I live in California. And I looked up at the sky at the same moment a dear friend was with me that knew Dylan since he was a child, and I heard this whoosh, and I saw this huge shooting star, Lee, that looked like a huge upside-down smile. And Dylan was a very, I mean, like me, he had a really great enthusiasm, like what my dad planted in, in us, and um, a big smile, and it was like, it was this huge upside-down smile, and and the, the, the star began to, seemed to began over my parents' home, cross the Los Angeles basin and end up in the mountains behind Hollywood. And I could hear his voice, mom. And he was big, he was six foot three and 230 pounds. He was a football player and a ski racer. Mom, I made it. It's like we always talked about, I'm home. I'm with God. And it was just like, I mean, Lee, that was the beginning. It was the same 
energy as what I described to you when I was four, just twirling around the driveway and hearing and feeling this connection to something much bigger than myself and feeling its vibration and its knowing. It was like, that's Dylan. Oh my God. Like, oh my God. And then my mind started going, well, wait a minute. Don't when you die, doesn't it take three days to ascend? And how can you be talking with me? My mind was just going, and it was like, mom. And that was the beginning, Lee, of uh, everything that has unfolded, Mm. for which I'm so grateful that love, love really is eternal. Yeah. And I've, I've heard you speak about this before that, you know, you had a, a very kind of devastating and difficult period of grief, but there came this turning point moment when, when that stage of the grief was done. And at that around that time, I know you've said that Dylan started communicating with you as he does to this day, giving you confirmation, ideas, visions, like, and he, and he has guided this, uh, what I have witnessed in the three or four years I've known you, this kind of bloom that you have had with, with really stepping forward into your, I, w- I will use the term, your work as a, as a spiritual sound priestess which clearly you were bringing into prior forums, but you've really overtly owned the spiritual nature of the work that you're doing and, and, and really gone deep with the healing power of music now. And I know that he has been so instrumental in that for you. And, and it's funny, I have a few other friends who have lost children who are very connected to the, the children and, and they, they too have had similar experiences to you where they they feel them with them, willing them along, guiding them, supporting them. But, you know, every time I hear you speak about Dylan, and I think everybody feels this, you know, it, it, it's so moving and so powerful to hear you share that, share, share that aspect of your journey. Thanks, Lee. And, uh, you know, it's so easy to talk with you because I call you my friend. And so it just, it's easy to, to flow into deeper places with it. You know, it, he was big. He was a brilliant kid. Um, he has guided so much. And I remember, you know, probably about two or three weeks after he passed, uh, I did a call with a psychic and she said to me, you know, your son was never going to live a long life. You know that. And every hair on my body stood on end. And of course, I had never thought that. But as soon as she said that, I knew she was right. And I knew on a soul level that we both knew it, right? And, you know, she said, whether it had been now at 19, at the latest 22 or 23, he was never meant to live a long life. You had a soul contract with him. And I'm like, no, no, I didn't. I never agreed to that, you know, but on some level, my body knew that she was speaking the truth. And she said, he couldn't live in the frequency of this planet. He couldn't live in the frequency of the earth. And you and he have a contact to bridge heaven and earth, Hmm. bridge heaven and earth and to, to be the connector. And of course, two weeks in, I was like, you know, I wanted to slap her. Like, what do you, you know, what are you really talking about? And, you know, you go through so many levels and layers of grief and disbelief and it can't be my life and how am I ever going to go on and Lord take me to and Mm. just everything you know so many phases of it but that is the truth Lee 
And I've come to understand as I've allowed life to unfold and as I've heard him and kept this connection, this, you know, and vibration and sound being my language, um, that's how it, how it works. And so, for example, with the sacred science of sound, one day I just heard him, I was in the kitchen and I heard him, mom, we're going to do an online event. And this is what it's called, the sacred science of sound. And I'm going, are you kidding me? Like you're making me into a sound healer and I'm kind of getting used to that, but an interviewer, forget it, you know? And we had, we would have these kind of conversations and it was, it, it, that's how the relationship kept developing. And so he gave me the title. He told me who to, who to invite. And the whole uh, series was born that way. Same with the live event, same with series number two. And he absolutely adores you. <laughs> mm. oh, it's, it's funny because I feel even just talking to you now, it kind of hits me. He's so present with you. And I think that's testament not only to the connection that you feel with him, obviously, I mean, of course, but but you share him with the rest of us. Like, you know, he he is a part of your communication and and you 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 know you talk very openly during the series about how he's guiding it. So it just struck me as I was listening to you how how aware of him I feel whenever I'm talking to you. And, and it's been that way in, in all the time I've known you. Was he like that with you when when he was still here in the physical? Like would 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 he push you? Right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I just remember, you know, when he was born and he came three weeks early. So right after those series of ninth of Beethoven's, which are, you know, intense, it's intense uh, piece. He came early, three weeks. And it was like, um, he had his own, his own agenda, right? And I'll never forget when they put him in my arms and we looked, we locked eyes. And of course, babies can't really focus yet, but his eyes were like, it was, it was like, oh, that's what you look like in this life. And it was like, there was such a, a moment of humor. Like, are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> like, is that, who, is that who we are this time around? So there, there always was this, this sense of depth in our relationship and people would remark, wow, you, you're unbelievably close. And yet there was tremendous space between us. He was, again, a very big and powerful and, and uh, conscious thinker himself. He, he loved philosophy. Um, but yeah, there, there was that deep love and respect. And I guess, as the psychic said to me, on some level, an inner knowing, an unconscious knowing that we have and had a, a bigger plan, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Well, and, and let's, let's go to that bigger plan a little, because you, you kind of just alluded to this a moment ago. <laughs> This is one of the things I love about you, Geraldyn. You're very brave um, because it's one thing to be a celebrated opera singer and go from job to job and, you know, sing for 18,000 people and, and, and do these big appointments that you were A, designed for, B, have a proven track record in. Um, it's your world and it's a world that you've become successful in. But I remember when we did that first Sacred Science of Sound and you you said to me, I'm going to do this thing. And, and I remember talking to you a little bit about it before we recorded my interview. And I remember thinking, 
good for Geraldine because this is not easy. Like, you know, a summit is a big deal. Like, you know, not just the technical organization of it, but it's a lot of interviews. It's a lot of energy to run. And I think what I really do admire about you, and I said this to you when we were all at the live event uh, at the end of 2018, um, 2018? No, 19. 2019. Yeah. But it, 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 you've, you've shown a lot of courage. Um, without always knowing exactly what it was that you were going to do or how how it was going to work out. And that's a quality that I encourage in anybody who I've ever mentored, done a one-on-one session with, or any of the people in my courses. I'm like, you just have to walk in and and you will figure it out. But if you wait until you've got it figured out to walk in, you could be sitting there for three years. And, and I think that courage as a creator is something that I've really enjoyed witnessing in you over the last few years, because there has been a journey in terms of your learning curve and in terms of what you've managed to do. And then I look at you now and I'm like, well, this is great. She's out there broadcasting on Instagram. She's got her classes, her trainings. You know, it, it, it's up and running partly because of Dylan's guidance, but also partly because of your willing to just roll up your sleeves and go, okay. Don't know how this is going to work, but I'll give it a go and I'll, I'll try and I'll trust. And lo and behold, the other pieces and the other players, they come in. You know, as a young singer, I always had this. I had always, I loved quotes and I always had all different kinds of quotes around me. And one of them was jump and the net will appear. Mm. That was just, you know, and it was like, if you sit and wait to figure it out, like you said, it could be three years, but Lee, it could be your lifetime. Totally. Right? And, you know, when I think about Dylan's life and when we, when I finally had the strength to um, put together his celebration of, of life um, in 2015, some months later, people said to me after, my goodness, your boy lived, lived lifetimes. I mean, he got to do and experience things that many people don't get to do in a full life of 80 years because we did travel a lot. And if I think back on it, there, there was this kind of sense of urgency. Like my sister even said, it was like, it was like you guys, it was like he was a twin. It was like you were packed into one and you had to live for two people. And we did, he got to experience a lot. And now, like I remember at the beginning of 19, he was like, mom, put your seatbelt on. And it's like, son, I mean, we have these, you know, these dialogues. It's like, you know, son, I'm not the youngest anymore. Mom, put your seatbelt on. We have a lot to do. And in, in 2020, you know, just guiding the projects, the albums, the, um, the consultations, the how the business unfolded, how the training, how I was able to take the voice that I so love teaching for so many years and turn that into something that we call transformational voice, you know, and I had the joy of working with you with that. Like, how is it to add all these dimensions and to really talk about what you said? If if I can help as a teacher or a mentor for someone to be in touch with their authentic self and their sense of that authentic self being whole, being balanced, so that when the solar plexus does say, come on, let's do this, or the third eye does say, yeah, let's choose that. There's no question about it, right? Yeah. You're, I mean, I get goosebumps just saying it out loud to you that way, but you're walking as the wholeness of who you truly are. Your vibrational field is, is activated. It's harmonious. It's alive. And so you don't think about 
well, if I do that, that might happen. It's not in your consciousness, you know, and sometimes I just think, goodness, Gerald, that's, that's, a, that's a little bit embarrassing, but it's like, you know, so what, you know, the worst thing that could have ever happened to me as a, as a mother happened. So what am I waiting for, Lee? What, what do I have to lose? And if I, you know, there's egg hanging out in my face or whatever it is, it's just like, so it is. Yeah. It's, it's about all of us coming to that true place of our, our authentic power, our, um, our life's purpose, our life's vision, where we come back to the, the joy that my dad was saying, you know, find what you love to do and then do what you love, yeah. you know? And he'd always say to me, the financial success and the abundance will follow. And of course, as a young person, you're like, well, I better be, you know, I better think it through. And as we said, you know, have my plan B or whatever. And it's like, follow your joy. Follow what makes you light up because it's got to be good, Lee, doesn't it? It's so interesting. A couple of different things were popping as you were speaking. And, and the one thing that kind of comes back to me feels a bit tan like a tangent, but I remember the concert that you did the first night of the live event at the end of 2019. And, um, you know, I'm sat there waiting for you to come on and you've got your album and it's called Vibrance and it's just about to be released. And so here's a concert and I'm, I'm reading the kind of program notes and it's like, it's a fusion of jazz, classical and crystal bowls singing. And I'm like, how the hell is this going to work? Like, you know, this, this surely, this seems crazy. This surely can't work. I was riveted, like from the minute it started to the minute it ended. And I remember we spoke afterwards and I remember you were pleased because, you know, there were definitely some technical difficulties that all of us who sang on stage that night were experiencing with the, the kind of monitors and the mixing. And I, I just said to you, ah, oh, that was just, I'd never not seen anything quite like it, but felt anything quite like it. And watching you as the kind of mistress of ceremonies of the whole thing, like, singing classically and then doing the bowls and then the amazing Lawrence Hobgood trio that you had collaborated with who were bringing their jazz artistry. And I, I said to um, Stephen, because he wasn't there that night, I said, I just saw something that should never have worked. And it <laughs> totally worked, you know, I said, it, which, which is thrilling because again, you, you made a brave choice. And um, I've told you, I've had that CD in my car and I often put it on when I'm driving around and, um, yeah, so so I, I love, again, it kind of is testament to your bravery, but I think it links back to what you just said, the worst thing happened. Um, and I think whether someone's life journey is a parent losing a child or whether it's something else that happened to you, I think often that kind of courage that we can have to fully live, sadly, is often born, it seems, for many of us. Um, through loss or something that's tragic or something that just completely 360s your perception of the world and, and life. And, and I think for sure, losing, losing people that we love, there's nothing quite like that to, to wake you up to the, the, the not knowing of it all. And you never quite know how long you've got left. And you know, that, that's why it's really important to, to live as, as much and as well as you can. You know, one of my mom's dear friends started the um, this local chapter of the Compassionate Friends, which is a, I think it's a worldwide organization for parents who have lost children. And mm. he said, um, when you lose a parent, you lose your past. 
When you lose your partner, you lose your present. But when you lose your child, you lose your future. And the second I started like, you know, feeling and working with that, I could hear, I could hear Dylan, mom, you haven't lost your future. We have an eternal future. I mean, it's just like, Mm -hmm. he was so funny. He is so funny, Lee. So it's just like, he keeps me, he keeps me on my toes. I mean, and, and, you know, sometimes I feel like you're this classical musician, this serious kind of professor and, and you're playing these crystal balls. I mean, and I'll say to my mom, you know, <laughs> I'm out there now. I'm, it's like, I'm pretty weird. And then she's like, no, dear, you know, you're really helping people. And it's like, I can feel Dylan, like we're, we're preparing now a sacred side to sound, which, which you know about for next year. And he's like, mom, we got to bring all this diversity together. You know, so it's music is that language, you know, and that's the the language of vibration is what he and I so shared, you know, from the time he was in vitro with that ninth of Beethoven. It's like, mom, it's bringing all different cultures, all different languages, all different races, religion, creeds, everything and generations, you know, so sometimes I'll laugh because people write on the Instagram, oh, you're so cute. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, you know, or your, your, you know, your feed really lights up my feed or what, I mean, your, your post lights up my feed or whatever. I mean, still, you see, it's not my, it's not my language. And here I am, you know, playing in that world on, on social media, but it's like, mom, we got to, to bring this energy of sound, sound vibration, light, joy, inspiration, and help people to find what's theirs, you know? So I'll always talk about these crystal alchemy singing bowls are are unique. Each one is a sonic piece of art. There are no two that are the same. And it's just like human beings. You know, we all have our vibrational thumbprint. We all have our personal alchemy that leads us here and causes us to dress this and do that or whatever. And that's the great joy that you know as a mentor and a teacher is how do I, how do I help someone to identify that? And then how do I help them to accept it, ground it, receive it, and expand upon it, live it. Like what you were describing, I don't think about anymore at my age now, you know, if I do this, it's going to do that. Of course I did as a young person, because you're very conscious about um, how you're perceived and you're, you know, it's your ego out there. And it's like, it's, it's not anymore. It's, yeah. it's your soul that's out there. It's the the part of you that's bigger than this human form, right? The part of you that I like to say is, you know, has this, this overview, you know, this view that Dylan has, you know, he'll look and just go, mom, really? You know, and make me laugh about things that would normally make me cry. So if I'm able to take that view that he has, this bird's eye view, life looks really differently. And to, to find that place once again, you know, of, of wholeness and what are my gifts and what happens when I, when I share that there and share that there and be this and um, allow myself to be inspired. And then this sense of wholeness keeps coming as a byproduct. And, you know, sometimes I'll look at my face and go, like, really? Like, <laughs> where does that joy come from? Where? And it's not mocked up, you know. And there were times where it was so damn dark, I, I really beat myself with my hands and begged God to take me. It was that dark. I couldn't bear the the pain of what grief felt like, you know? And yet on some level, I knew that if I 
would take the advised medications, I would never be able to really feel it. And there was something that that kept coming from my son that was just like, Mom, you know, we got to go in there. You got to be willing to have the courage to go in there where it hurts so bad, you feel like you've been broken in thousands of pieces. And what he shared with me is those sound bowls, those pure quartz sound bowls with the alchemy could hold me in that space. Mm. And it was like, this is so odd, but it, it worked. It was true. I'd play those bowls and I could cry and scream and rage and let out the feelings that, you know, if I had taken a medication, it would have squelched them. They would never have had space and it's not that I'm against medication. I don't, I don't mean to say that at all. But I know for myself that, you know, there was this fear from people like, oh, God, it's grief and it's so big. Like, what do you do with it? And it's like, well, you don't squelch it for God's sake or it'll never heal. Hmm. You know, if you, can't, if you can't give it space to be felt, how are you going to heal it? If you can't shine the light on it, how are you going to heal it? And, and not even heal it, but how are you going to allow it to express itself, transform. I mean, because many people say, you know, it's not that you ever get over it, but relationship is certainly with me and Dylan, the relationship has, has completely changed. And yet it has the same humor, the same warmth, the same love, the same uh, interplay. It's just, I can't hold him and I can't watch him get older. I can't watch him live his life and experiencing him you know, doing the things that you dream about your child will do. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's something different. And, and that's also good, Lee. Yeah. Beautiful. Be- I mean, you know, yeah, beautifully expressed. And, and it, 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 it's such an interesting thing, grief. It's funny hearing you talk because I had a very, I had, I didn't lose a child, but I, 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 the darkest year of my life was when, I lost everything kind of apart that I knew of, of my world apart from my family and, and friends, but it was, the pain was so great. And my depression was so dark and so strong that a couple of people wanted me to go to the doctors and get antidepressants. And I was so lost. I, I kind of thought, oh, maybe they're right. And literally I booked the appointment and the day I was going to go, I just heard my guides screaming at me, no. And yet, I will also say, I have had friends in my life for whom medication for a period of time, uh, or in some cases, I've known people who rely on medication to get through life, has worked for them. So like you, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not anti anything because everybody is so unique and the circumstances are unique. But like you, I, um, I knew I had to keep burning through the hellishness of it to get to the other side. Um, and it's funny you mention how the the bowls would would open out for you because that was how I how I kind of really survived my teenage years. I think music, like if if there hadn't been music to help me with my melancholic or sad or tortured emotions, um, because that was the thing when you put music on and you listen to music, suddenly your emotions, or in my case, had a place to move and to breathe and to open out and to flow was almost like it made what you're feeling dance through you because the music started to work like an ocean on what was going on inside you. So that power that you speak about, which you now 
dispense to others through your performing, but also you you train others to bring it. it it's so needed. It's so the universal language and it's it's a universal energy movement music that moves through us and i think we're just at the beginning of of what we're seeing with the new world of sound and of music on this planet i think we're just at the beginning it's going to be a very exciting few decades where music and people's connection to sound and healing is concerned for sure but you've known that for a long time and that's one thing that i so love in your work that you've always been connected to that, let's just name it, the healing power of music, um, the ability of music to, you know, go into those shadow places, those crevices, or I'll always talk about music as as being able to, to take us into those places of the ineffable, you know, the places we can't name. You can't, there's no words for that. It's beyond that. But you've always integrated sound and music and been creative with lyrics and mantra like the way you and Devor do your music like that's so much a part of what you're doing so I mean we <laughs> we speak the same language it's like that's to help ourselves and to help others come down from here and embody you know which music can really help us to do and then to expand from there and rediscover or reawaken or activate parts of ourselves that the the mental body, our thinking minds would not allow us because it's too scary. It, the, it, it means that the mind loses a sense of its control, right? But you that's that's so an essential part of your work too. And it's so beautiful to see how this is becoming more and more a medicine mm. that people can reach for um, that's available. And you don't have to speak the same language and you don't, I love how my friend Victor Wooten always says, you know, when you're in a concert and you're digging it, you don't, you don't look to the person next to you and go, gee, I wonder who they voted for. Gee, I wonder what God they pray to. It's like, it just, it's so beyond all of that. Mm. And that's where we need to go. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, I know you're going to play for us in a moment. But before we get to experience some of your your sound medicine, tell us about your first encounters with the bowls. I mean, you you touched on it briefly earlier, but but what happened for you when you first encountered the bowls? And and yeah, I'm just curious because you have such an affinity with them, and you've become somebody who is now a custodian of them for others and a teacher. And I mean, look at these ones behind you. I mean. I mean, when I first met you, I think you brought with you about five different bowls because we were, Tanya had said, bring them along. I'm taking some photos of Lee and you never know, maybe we'll, and there you were pulling all these bags out your car. And so I've, I've only ever known you in that capacity, but I'm curious, was it like an epiphany when you first met the bowls or did it take time to kind of really do its work on you? That's so good. I mean, I was thinking, even this morning, I was singing the <laughs> singing the Rogers and Hart song, um, "The Nearness of You." You know that old jazz standard. And yeah. I was just thinking, it's just the nearness of you, and it's the bowls. You know, it's like this love song of the bowls. But um, when I first heard them, I was I, I was living in Germany and working as an opera singer, and I had come to visit my parents, and uh, I was with my mom, and I heard someone play them, and it was like there was an open lecture about it, and um, I just said to my mom, like, 
this is this is incredible. I I need to purchase a set, and I I couldn't believe what I did, but I dipped in my savings and I bought myself seven bowls. It was like when I first heard them, there was this pristine stillness. It was like, whoa. and it it awakened something. It touched something inside me that I knew those sounds, and it wasn't like an outerworldly. You know, it was just, I, my soul knows those sounds. It's my song. I, I need to, I need to be able to play those sounds. I mean, that's the experience was so complete and so physical. And, uh, you know, I took the set of seven bowls. It was one for each note of the, the chakra system and brought them back to Germany. And then I started using them with my students. And if a student had a blockage in their vocal technique, you know, certain areas of the voice, I'd have them choose one of the bowls and tone with it. Hum with it, ha with it, and Lee, that blockage would dissipate. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, and that I would say that you know, in my classical musician mind, that was my my first experience with sound healing, but I didn't know it at the time. But there was always this feeling of this pristine. I mean, I use the words pristine and exquisite because it's not just the pure quartz; it's then the alchemy that gets amplified, and so. I spent now until really COVID doing live events for cancer patients. And it was incredible to me what built in those four, four and a half years that those bowls held such a space of safety. And of course, the more I dove into the whole science behind it, which was also Dylan's inspiration of mom, you know, the sacred science of sound. So like, we got to make sure that this is not just woo-woo that you're doing with the crystal bowls. You know, it's got to be something that we can that's rooted for people, right? And that when the cancer patients started experiencing incredible things from, wow, hearing a sound and feeling like, oh my gosh, that's exactly where my cancer was, or someone who'd had a breast removed, actually a number of, of patients who had had a mastectomy to say to me, I can't believe, but I was whole again. My breast had never been removed. It was there. I could feel the whole vibration of it from the sound bowls. And just the bottom line ending up being for me, they sound like love. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, I'll, I mean, I haven't said it quite like that, but it's like these pure vibrations just, they took me home to this place of, I know you, I love you, I, you know, and it never ceases to amaze me now. Like <laughs> I asked the other day, I asked, I, I asked one of the young ladies that's working with me, can I make love with these bowls? Like, you know, what what is this this essence of love beyond the physical? And yet they're very, they are physical. They're they're quartz. You know, it's um. But they're not too. That uh, it's funny as you say that. I'm like, when you experience them, you go to this other realm immediately. It's like, oh, you know. So they they look physical, but what they produce feels way beyond the physical. And Lee, I mean, all these years now, they play differently depending on what is needed and who is in the space. And even Ooh. now, you know, at the beginning of this whole, the whole pandemic, I just said, I'm not teaching online. Like there's no way I can translate these exquisite sounds over the internet. It just doesn't work. You know, and I tried a few different things and platforms and it didn't work. And it was like, okay, so that's the way it is. You know, you can make some recordings and you can give people the recordings, 
But then when Zoom updated and YouTube updated, it was like, ah, oh, I think I think we can do it. And it's you know it's the sense of how do I translate these pure, pure, pure sounds that people really get a sense of what we said, you know, this feeling that you're in this container, you feel embodied because of the chords, but you go far out or you go far in, you know, it's different every single time. The bowls play differently every single time, even if it's the same bowl. Sometimes, like for example, I did a, a big event uh, last week and I used two D bowls, sacral chakra, um, beautiful complex alchemies, both of them didn't play. I'm like, what's going on here? And then I can always hear Dylan like, mom, just breathe, <laughs> just breathe, <laughs> just breathe, just get out of your head, you know, and continue to play. And one of them was rose quartz and platinum. And it was bringing in this incredible sense of self-love and balance in the body. And by the end of the bath, it was playing more. But at the beginning, it, it wouldn't play. And this is the fascination that you, you understand, you come to understand their their life, their their living instrument. I mean, just like music is too, you know, it it's it's always in the moment. So even if you practice, 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 it's it's always live, right? And it's always how it expresses in that in that moment. And it's the same with the bowls. You can't predict exactly how they're gonna be. Well, and I love I love that because, you know, I'm a big fan of recorded music and I have been all my life, like the art of producing a recording and creating a produced recording that someone might listen to hundreds and hundreds of times in their life. But the one thing I'm aware of, even with that, which isn't in theory live, you know, think of those albums and you're like, oh, I listened to the album three years ago and I didn't like it. It wasn't really, I love her, but it just wasn't my thing. And then weirdly, you hear it again three years later, completely different time in your life, completely different time in the world. And the chemistry of that exact same recording hits you and your frequency in a way that something opens and you're like, oh, oh, I, oh, wow, this is an amazing album. But I, I told people I thought it was rubbish. You know, it, it's just so funny how we, how, how we change, you know, we're, we're an ocean, an energy ocean. So the way we see or hear something can keep changing as we as we do. It does. It does. And you come to experience that the bowls truly, the sound of the alchemy, it continues to up level. I mean, I'll just say it like that, because once again, we're speaking in this language for me that is often ineffable. It's it's often taking us in that place of how do I even begin to put words on it, right? Mm. Um but what I've experienced in my own body, like with the grief and the process of moving through grief has been, the sounds are truly up-leveling. Are they, is that, is that the right word? Or are they, are the sounds going in at the cellular level? They're in training in that heaviness of the grief or the depression and they're bursting it open. Like, you know, this is the place that I am fascinated with as a, as a teacher now of we've implemented a, um, a protocol and we're working with our more advanced students to really take a, a copious notes of what's really happening for people. And what does it mean if I'm playing this rose quartz that, that's at a D, a rose quartz platinum? How does that affect person X, Y, and Z, right? And is there really a structure and a science behind this that we can really begin to make that more and more and more a stable, a stable um, 
choice for people to help them to heal and transform. Um, well, and our consciousness is changing as humans. So we are also hearing, sensing, feeling, perceiving in a, in a very different way to how any of us were five years ago, certainly 10 years ago. Um, so that also alters the way that we can take these frequencies in. So, Geraldine, I, I feel, sorry, go ahead. I'm just going to tell you because I, I know I feel like the music is going, all right, already, play me. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I, talking about it. But what I do want to share with, with you and with all your beautiful listeners is the set on the table has one of my highest notes on it. Okay, so there's notes in this set that will be working with the crown, chakra eight, chakra nine, and above. So it means we're working with the energy center out of the body that's your life purpose above that your soul purpose and this these are the areas where i feel my son and then there's a high e which is a really rare bowl that's above that so i just i, I want to prepare you that you're going to hear these exquisite angelic sounds and that i found it so interesting when i first then started to purchase more bowls five years ago after dylan passed i bought a high c and a high d and the company told me, you know, kind of like, are you sure? Like these notes, you know, not many people want them. They're kind of, some people experience them as screechy and uncomfortable. And now we can't keep those notes in stock because just as you said, in the last five years, people's consciousness has, has really awakened. I mean, more and more in this whole year of COVID has, has been so much about, well, wait a minute, if everything I know and love is taken from me, what do I have and who am I and what do I want to do, right? So in any case, um, it's a chakra set that you're going to hear. It's an, what we call an advanced chakra set. There's some super great bowls in there, which are really profound, a real mix of trans, transformational, transmutational alchemy, such as St. Germain, um, and these high notes that will give you that perspective from this this bird's eye view, which is, I think, so much of our conversation. Lee, I love you so much. Oh, Emily. Love you too, my friend. And, <laughs> okay. and, I, and I love, I always, you know, I'm again reminded that I just, I love your mastery in this field. And, and whenever I get to uh, be around you in it or, or witness you or, or hear you hear you sharing it or delivering it, it, it just, it lights me up. So thank you for impacting the world of music and sound in general for the world. Thank you for impacting my world with all of this. And um, I would love, if we can, to close the show with your bowls without us coming back to words. So before you take your position and, and play us out, I will just share with everybody that the place to find your workshops, your wonderful, you've got some beautiful free recordings. You do a lot of regular free video um, sound baths. There's so much that you're doing right now. It's all over at crystalcadence.com. And we will put links underneath um, in the show notes as, as usual. And we'll also link off to your artist website, which is geraldineglass.com for people who want to find your recordings, your music, your albums. Is there anything else that we should we should cover, Geraldine, before we hand it over to the bowls? Mm, thanks, Lee. Um, I, and thank you for letting me geek out. I mean, I just feel sometimes like I just get to geek out on the sound. Um, the YouTube channel, Crystal Cadence. So we we put the Vibrance album on there and there's a free meditation. There has been for the last two years, every Tuesday, the Tune Up Tuesday. And um, it's really important for both Dylan and myself that this 
sound is available. Mm. You know, it's available to you at any time, wherever you are in the world, to just take 10 minutes and go, I'm going to take a few deep breaths and I'm going to chill. You know, I'm going to chill. I'm going to heal. I'm going to come close to myself or I'm going to fall asleep with this or I'm going to know that no matter what I'm going through, I'm not alone. Mm. Not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. We will let you play out. And to everyone, thanks for tuning in. And we hope you enjoy this beautiful performance from Geraldine and her bowls. So as we go into this crystalline alchemy sound meditation, I'd love to just tell you that Dylan, of course, is here and he has his own bowl. And that little story goes that his picture was given to the owners of Crystal Tones and was on the desk. And one day one of the owners called me and said, I don't quite know how to tell you this, but your son's talking to me and asking me to put him on a bowl. Are you okay with that? And so this beautiful St. Germain Sky bowl at the heart was burst after that conversation. So please enjoy this. Advanced Chakra Alchemy Meditation.
and the sound remains. The shimmering sounds of the soul. Hi, I'm Lee, I'm an intuitive, I'm a channeler, and I'm hosting something called A Weekend with Lee and the Z's. And for those of you who choose to come along, I will be, first of all, teaching intuitively, but also channeling my guides, the Z's, about the energies and what we're going through right now, but also who we might be able to become in the months and years to come. We'll be focusing very much on the now and the future. And anything that needs to be released will be released, but it's really a become your future self workshop weekend. And I'm leaving the topics very open so that I can fully respond to those of you who will show up for the event. Even if you can't make it live, just by booking before we get to the weekend, your energy will be included in the mix so that if you choose to tune into the replays instead of experience the weekend live, your energy will still be counted. So we hope you can join us for a weekend with Lee and the Z's. If it resonates, we'd love to host you.